All India Radio presents Morning News. Good morning. I'm Abhishek Mukhopadhyay. With me is Subhadra Ramachandran. The headlines: Prime Minister Narendra Modi calls for global unity to prevent future pandemic. Seeks G7 leaders' support for patent waiver on COVID vaccine. G7 leaders launches a new global infrastructure initiative, Build Back Better World (B3W) to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative. GST rates on COVID items slashed, exemptions and GST reductions extended till September. India crosses a major landmark of administering more than 25 crore corona vaccine doses. Goa extends COVID curfew till the 21st of this month. IMD downgrades red alert for Mumbai as heavy rain belt moves towards Karnataka. India's weightlifter Mirabai Chanu qualifies for Tokyo Olympics. And in tennis, unseated Barbora Krejcikova wins women's singles title at the French Open. Novak Djokovic to clash with Stefanos Tsitsipas. in the men's singles final today as many states are relaxing lockdown norms we advise the listeners not to lower the guard as the covid-19 pandemic remains a threat to our health please stay at home unless it is essential to go out and continue to follow the four simple steps wear a face mask maintain 2 gaz ki doori for social distancing focus on hand and face hygiene and get vaccinated For any COVID-related information and guidance, contact National Helpline numbers 011-2397-8046 and 1075. And now the news. Prime Minister Narendra Modi has called for global unity, leadership, and solidarity to prevent future pandemics and emphasize the special responsibility of democratic and transparent societies. Participating in the first outreach session of the G7 summit via virtual mode, Mr. Modi said the meeting should send out the message of one earth one health for the whole world. He highlighted India's whole of society approach to fight the pandemic, synergizing the efforts of all levels of the government, industry and civil society. The prime minister also explained India's successful use of open source digital tools for contact tracing and vaccine management. He conveyed India's willingness to share its experience and expertise with other developing countries. Prime Minister Modi committed India's support for collective endeavors to improve global health governance. He saw the G7's support for the proposed move at the WTO by India and South Africa for a TRIPS waiver on COVID-related technologies. Sources said Australia and others came out strongly in support of this. The session titled Building Back Stronger Health focused on global recovery from the coronavirus pandemic and on strengthening resilience against future pandemics. The Prime Minister will participate in the final day of the G7 summit today and will speak in two sessions. G7 leaders have launched a new global inf- infrastructure initiative Build Back Better World B3W to help developing nations countering China's Belt and Road Initiative BRI. In a statement at the summit in the English county of Cornwall, the G7 leaders said they will offer a values-driven high standard and transparent partnership. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is hosting the three-day gathering at the seaside resort of Carbis Bay. US President Joe Biden said he wants the US-backed B3W plan to be a higher-quality alternative to a similar Chinese program. A statement from the White House said President Biden and G7 partners agreed to launch the bold new global infrastructure initiative Build B3W. 
The statement described the initiative as a values-driven, high-standard and transparent infrastructure partnership led by major democracies to help narrow the over $40 trillion infrastructure need in the developing world which has been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. The B3W will collectively catalyze hundreds of billions of dollars of infrastructure investment for low- and middle-income countries in the coming years. The G7, the world's seven wealthiest democracies, have also committed to a new plan to stop future pandemics. The measures include cutting the time needed to develop and license vaccines and treatments for COVID-19 to under 100 days. The plan will be officially unveiled today alongside the final summit communique. India has crossed a major landmark with administration of more than 25 crore COVID vaccine doses to the beneficiaries so far. Health ministers informed that more than 31,67,000 vaccine doses were given on the 148th day of India's vaccination program yesterday. Out of this, nearly 28,11,000 beneficiaries were vaccinated the first dose, whereas around 3,56,000 beneficiaries received their second dose of the vaccine. The cumulative figure of the vaccine doses administered under the largest vaccination drive in the country now stands at over 25 crore 28 lakh. The Health Ministry confirmed that so far over 4 crore doses of the vaccine have been given to people in the age group of 18 to 44 years. Nearly 18,45,000 beneficiaries in this age group received their first jabs yesterday, whereas over 1,12,000 others were given their second dose. So far, over 20 crore 46 lakh people in the country have received their first dose of the COVID vaccine, whereas nearly 4 crore 82 lakh have been fully vaccinated with the, both the required doses. Health Ministry said vaccination is an integral pillar of the comprehensive strategy of the government for containment and management of the pandemic, along with test, track, treat and COVID-appropriate behaviour. Prime Minister Narendra Modi will deliver tomorrow a keynote address virtually at the United Nations during the high-level dialogue on desertification, land degradation and drought. The permanent mission of India to the UN has said that the Prime Minister will be speaking at the opening segment in his capacity as the President of the 14th Session of the Conference of Parties of United Nations Convention to combat desertification, UNCCD. It said that President of the General Assembly, Deputy Secretary General, President of ECOSOC and Executive Secretary of the UNCCD will also speak on this occasion. The high-level dialogue will assess the progress made in the fight against desertification, land degradation and drought. It will also map the way forward in view of the end of the UN decade for deserts and fight against desertification and the beginning of the UN decade on ecosystem restoration. This will include generating momentum and ambition for using land restoration as a key entry point. The discussions at the dialogue will highlight the importance of leveraging accelerated action on land-based solutions for climate and biodiversity. The high-level dialogue will see participation of several other heads of states and governments and ministers. GST Council has largely accepted the recommendations of the group of ministers constituted to look into extending the ambit of GST concessions on COVID treatment-related medical devices and drugs. Briefing Media New Delhi Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman informed that the Council has agreed to completely exempt antifungal drug amphotericin B and antiviral drug tocilizumab for any, from any kind of GST. 
The minister added that GST on another critical drug, Ramdesivir, used in treatment of COVID patients, has been reduced from 12% to 5%. Additionally, GST on anticoagulant heparin and any other specified drug recommended by the health ministry for COVID-related treatment will stand reduced at 5%. Ms. Sitaraman said the GST Council agreed to reduce GST from existing 12% to 5% on medical-grade oxygen, oxygen generation, equipment and related medical devices in order to extend relief to the people. In addition to this, COVID testing kits, pulse oximeters, temperature checking equipments and hand sanitizers would also now cost cheaper as GST on them have been reduced to 5%. The Council also agreed to cut down GST on ambulances from existing 28% to 12% and on electric and gas furnaces and crematoriums from 18% to 5%. The GST Council also extended the timeline of exemptions and GST reductions on COVID-related equipment and drugs till September this year. The period up to August was the recommendation. After discussion in the Council, that has been extended to September. So this will be valid till September 30th and based on the advice and also from the states the input, whether that period has to be further extended will be taken as a call nearer the time and the GIC will probably will take the responsibility of eliciting the opinions, taking the political leadership's inputs and meeting to take a final word on whether that extension should be furthered after September. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath has given instructions to effectively continue the arrangements for prevention and treatment of COVID-19 in accordance with the policy of trace, trace, test and treat. He said corona infection is not yet over, therefore complete vigilance and caution should be taken regarding the prevention of infection. Chief Minister was reviewing the COVID-19 situation at Lucknow. The COVID cases are continuously declining in the state. More from a Lucknow correspondent. According to Health Department, during the last 24 hours, only 524 new cases of COVID infection have been detected in the state. And during the same period, 1,757 COVID patients were cured and discharged. Now, the number of active cases of COVID infection in the state has come down to 9,806. The recovery rate of corona infection has also increased to 98.1%. As of now, 2 crore 24,68,959 vaccines have been added administered in the state. Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath has reiterated to increase vaccination to 10 lakh doses per day in coming months. MS Yadav, AIR News, Lucknow. Uttar Pradesh government is giving impetus to mega infrastructure projects lined up in the state. Four expressways are under construction. Work on one of them, that is Purvanchal Expressway, is almost complete. A Gorakhpur correspondent has filed this report. A project seen to usher in development in the eastern part of the state, the Purvanchal Expressway is almost ready. Over 90% of the construction work is complete. State Industrial Development Minister Satish Mahana visited the construction sites yesterday and took stock of the preparedness. The 340 kilometers expressway passes through nine districts including Lucknow, Barabanki, Faizabad, Ambedkar Nagar, Amethi, Sultanpur, Azamgarh, Mau and Kazipur. It also connects Varansi, Gorakhpur, Ayodhya and Prayagraj through Link roads. Once completed, the road journey time from Lucknow to Gazipur will be reduced approximately by 3 to 4 hours. Aditya Shukla, AIR News, Gorakhpur. 
Karnataka Chief Minister B.S. Yadiyurappa has said that the state is taking every precaution to counter the COVID third wave. Speaking to media persons in Shimoga yesterday, he said a committee headed by well-known cardiologist Dr. Devi Prasad Shetty will soon submit its recommendations on steps to be taken to defuse the impact of COVID third wave. The state has already decided to set up 75 bed ICU wards for children in every district. There were 9,785 new COVID cases and 144 deaths reported yesterday in the state. At the same time, 21,614 persons were discharged after recovery from the infection. The positivity rate was 6.61% and case fatality rate was at 1.47%. Regional Meteorological Center Mumbai is informed that the cyclonic circulation in Arabian Sea has weakened and shifted towards Karnataka, due to which warnings issued for Mumbai are lowered. Now, red alert are issued in Draigar and Ratnagiri for today and tomorrow. IMD has warned that thunderstorms with lightning, gusty winds and extremely heavy rains are expected at isolated places. Orange alerts are issued for Palghar, Thane, Mumbai, Sindhudurg for the next few days. IMD said heavy to very heavy rains are expected at a few places in these districts. Conditions are favourable for further advance of monsoon into some parts of Madhya Pradesh, remaining parts of Chhattisgarh, Odisha, West Bengal, Jharkhand, Bihar and some parts of East Uttar Pradesh with the next 24 hours. IMD said monsoon has further advanced into remaining parts of Northwest Bay of Bengal, some more parts of Odisha, most parts of West Bengal and some parts of Jharkhand and Bihar. Monsoon has entered Bihar a day ahead of its scheduled onset, bringing widespread showers in several districts of the state. Patna Meteorological Center Director Vivek Sinha said, Northeastern districts like Purnia, Katihar, Kishingan, Araria, Saharsa, Supal and Madhepura received the first bout of southwest monsoon showers. Patna also witnessed 31 mm rain. According to the Met Department, monsoon will cover the entire state in the next 24 hours. You are listening to the Morning News on All India Radio. A reminder of the headlines before we move on. Prime Minister Narendra Modi calls for global unity to prevent future pandemic. Seeks G7 leaders support for patent waiver on COVID vaccine. G7 leaders launches a new global infrastructure initiative build Back Better World, B3W, to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative. GST rates on COVID items slashed, exemptions and GST reductions extended till September. India crosses a major landmark of administering more than 25 crore corona vaccine doses. Goa extends COVID curfew till the 21st of this month. IMD downgrades red alert for Mumbai as heavy rain belt moved towards Karnataka. India's weightlifter Mirabai Chanu qualifies for Tokyo Olympics. And in tennis, unseeded Barbora Krejcikova wins women's singles title at French Open. Novak Djokovic to clash with Stefanos Tsitsipas in the men's singles final today. For quick news updates around the clock, follow us on our Twitter handle at AIR News Alerts. The centre has been disseminating awareness of six national helpline numbers created for the benefit of citizens during the COVID-19 pandemic. The child helpline number is 1098. For senior citizens of Delhi, Karnataka, Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan, Tamil Nadu, Telangana, Uttar Pradesh and Uttarakhand, the helpline number is 14567. The helpline number of National Institute of Mental Health and Neurosciences, NIMHANS, 
for psychological support is 08046110007 ayush covid 19 counseling helpline number is 14443 and my gaon whatsapp help desk number is 9013151515 Goa government has extended corona curfew in the state till the 21st of this month. In a tweet, Chief Minister Pramod Savant said that his government has decided to extend the curfew by one more week till 7 a.m. on the 21st of June to keep a check on spread of infection. He said shops including in panchayat and municipal markets will remain open between 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. Mr. Savant said up to 50 persons have been allowed at marriage function with the prior permission. A detailed order will be issued by the district collector. The statewide curfew was to end on Monday. Maharashtra is gradually gearing up for unlock. While Mumbai is entering into unlock level two from tomorrow, restrictions have been eased in other parts of the state, including Nagpur, Dhule, Sangli, Buldana districts, among others. More from a correspondent. Mumbai Civic Chief Iqbal Singh Chahal issued fresh orders this weekend stating that Mumbai will continue to observe restrictions meant for level 3 areas although it has moved to level 2 Chahal said the state will be under level 3 rules till the cases come down to 200 to 300 per day a detailed five level plan to unlock Maharashtra came into force on 7 June providing relief to the residents and traders in areas where covid-19 cases have dipped considerably as per the state government's plan the easing of restrictions in a phased manner is being implemented based on the positivity rate and occupancy of oxygenated beds in districts and cities devapri bhattacharjee aiir news mumbai in jammu and kashmir the traditional biannual darbar move this year from jammu to shrinagar was deferred and could not take place because of the prevailing covid-19 situation however to ensure smooth functioning of both the secretariats at jammu and shrinagar the authorities successfully implemented the e office project of digitizing the official records in the secretariats more from a shrinagar correspondent the practice of the secretariat to function in jammu during the months of winter and in shrinagar during summers which was started by maharaja ranbir singh in 1872 because of weather conditions of jammu and kashmir could not materialize this year owing to the unprecedented outbreak of the second wave of covid-19 pandemic the objective for not shifting this darbar to shrinagar this time was to ensure the safety of the employees for not getting contracted by the contagious coronavirus infection however for the first time in the history of the biannual darbar move the files and other office records were moved electronically between both the secretariats in an office mode this initiative has undoubtedly saved the expenditure that used to be unnecessarily incurred while transporting the office records physically between jammu and shrinagar around 300 kilometers apart sunil kohl ar news shrinagar in jammu and kashmir lieutenant governor manoj sinha will perform the bhumi poojan ceremony for shri venkateshwara swami temple in jammu today YV Subbaredi chairman of Tirumala Tirupati Devasthanam TTD which manages the temple will participate in bhumi poojan ceremony at Majin on Jammu Srinagar National Highway the ceremony will witness participation by around 28 board members of TTD trust which includes legislators of Andhra Pradesh and senior IAS officers around 12 special invitees will also grace the occasion out of total 62 acres of allotted land to the trust work will commence on 17 acres in the first phase to construct the temple complex boundary wall vedic school staff quarters and amenities for pilgrims on an estimated cost of 33 crore rupees Puducherry Lieutenant Governor Dr. Tamilisai Sundarajan 
Abigya Pardon, Soundar Rajan, has summoned the Legislative Assembly from Wednesday. More from our correspondent. In a press communique, the Assembly Secretary Munusami said that the Lieutenant Governor Dr. Tamilise Soundarajan also fixed June 16th as the date for holding the election of the Speaker of the Legislative Assembly. He further said that the nomination form can be had from the Secretary and the same will be received till 12 noon on 15th June. Necessary notice regarding filing of nominations has been sent to all the members individually, he added. Chandra Mohan, Air News, Puducherry. After Uttar Pradesh and Jammu and Kashmir, the world's first nano-urea in liquid form was dispatched to Karnataka yesterday. Union Minister for Chemicals and Fertilizers D.V. Sadananda Gowda virtually flagged off a consignment of 16,600 nano-urea bottles of 500 milliliters each from IFCO plant of Kalol in Gujarat. Speaking to media persons later in Bangalore, the minister informed that 500 milliliter nano urea is equivalent to 45 kilograms ordinary urea and costs just 240 rupees. He said IFCO will manufacture 28 crore 500 milliliter bottles of nano urea this year. The minister said the suitable land will be provided to IFCO near Bangalore International Airport to set up a nano urea manufacturing plant. Nano-urea developed within the country is said to improve soil health and crop productivity and also reduce the input cost of the farmers. India's Mirabai Chanu, the 2017 world champion in weightlifting, has qualified for the Tokyo Olympics in the women's 49kg category. International Weightlifting Federation announced that Mirabai has qualified on the basis of a world ranking points. The 26-year-old from Manipur lifter is ranked second in the women's 49-kilogram category. As per rules of the IWF, top eight lifters in each of the 14 weight categories, including seven in the women's group, are eligible to compete in the Tokyo Games. In tennis, unseeded Czech Barbara Krejcikova has won her maiden Grand Slam women's singles title, beating Russian Anastasia Pavlichenkova in the French Open final. Former doubles world number one, Krejcikova defeated the 31st seed, Pavlichenkova, 6-1-2-6-6-4 at Roland Garo yesterday. Today, Krejcikova has a chance to win the women's doubles when she plays in the final alongside Katrina Siniakova against Iga Schwantek and Bethany Matic-Sands. In men's doubles, home favorites Pierre Hughes-Herbert and Nicholas Mahout clinched the title by defeating Alexander Bublik and Andrei Golubev of Kazakhstan in the final. Today, world number one Novak Djokovic will clash with Greek fifth seed Stefano Tsitsipas in the men's singles final. Serbian Djokovic reached his sixth French Open final after ending Rafael Nadal's four-year reign on Friday. With 40 days to go for Tokyo Olympic Games, All India Radio today will take a look at India's best Woman Shuttler TV Sindhu. Born on July 5, 1995 in Hyderabad, Sindhu is one of the most accomplished athletes from India, having won medals at almost all the major badminton tournaments, including an unprecedented silver at the 2016 Rio edition. Currently world number seven, Sindhu is also the reigning world champion after winning the 2019 World Championships title as the 2020 edition was cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In the 2016 Rio final, Sindhu lost to Spain's Carolina Marine in three games, but with Marine now out with injury, her biggest threat would be women singles world number one Tai Zhu Ying from Chinese Taipei.
US Secretary of State Antony Blinken and South Korean Foreign Minister Chung Wee-yong have reaffirmed a commitment between their countries and Japan to work closely towards the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. The statement issued after the two met on the sidelines of a group of seven summit referred without naming North Korea to efforts that have made little or no progress towards getting Pyongyang to abandon its nuclear arsenal. It added that Blinken and Chung also stressed the importance of multilateral cooperation to address other regional issues, including the return to the path to democracy for the people of Burma, referring to the military coup in Myanmar earlier this year. Switzerland heads to the polls today in a batch of referendums which could see the country become only the second in the world to ban artificial pesticides. The initiative aims to prohibit the use of artificial pesticides within 10 years. Globally, only Bhutan bans the chemicals. Laws to combat terrorism, cut CO2 emissions and provide emergency COVID-19 funding also face binding votes under the Swiss system of direct democracy. If approved, the proposals would amend the constitution while the government drafts implementation laws for parliament to address. Supporters of the ban say that products made by agrochemical giants such as Switzerland's Syngenta and Germany's Bayer and BASF endanger health and the environment. Now let us take a look at the weather forecast for the day. The National Capital Delhi will see thunderstorms with rain. The minimum temperature is 25 degrees and the maximum may go up to 35 degrees Celsius. Mumbai will have generally cloudy sky with heavy rain. The minimum temperature was 24 degrees Celsius, while the maximum is expected to be around 29 degrees. Chennai will see generally cloudy sky with light rain or drizzle. The temperature will vary between 29 and 37 degrees Celsius. Kolkata will see generally cloudy sky with one or two spells of rain or thunder showers. Minimum temperature was 26 degrees Celsius and maximum may go up to 34 degrees. Jammu will have partly cloudy sky with possibility of rain or dust storm. The minimum temperature was 26 degrees Celsius, while the maximum will be around 38 degrees. Srinagar will also have partly cloudy sky with possibility of rain or dust storm. Temperature will hover between 16 and 30 degrees Celsius. Leh will have generally cloudy sky with possibility of thunderstorm or dust storm. The minimum and maximum temperature will be between 8 and 24 degrees Celsius. Gilgit will see generally cloudy sky with possibility of thunderstorm or dust storm. The temperature will hover between 16 and 37 degrees Celsius. Muzaffarabad will have partly cloudy sky with possibility of rain or thunderstorm. The minimum temperature is 23 degrees Celsius and maximum will be around 38 degrees. And now an overview of today's newspapers. The decision of the Goods and Services Tax, GST, Council to help individuals and governments fight COVID-19 and its fallout is one of the stories that dominates headlines this morning. GST on COVID essentials cut, but 5% tax on vaccine stays leads the Hindu business line. Prime Minister makes global health pitch at G7, reports the Hindustan Times. G7 to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, with global infra projects, informs the Asian age. New declassification policy gets north, states the Hindu, adding, cases like 1962 war, Operation Blue Star will be taken up on case-by-case -case basis. Shiromani Akali Dal, SAD, Bahujan Samaj Party, BSP, tie up for 2022 polls with Sukhbir as CM face, reports the Sunday Statesman. India seeks to tighten news on Choksi, notes the Economic Times. Pilot lands in Delhi, Congress says all well, informs the Sunday Pioneer. 
And finally, as a Danish great collapses on field, world of football stops breathing. Well, the Sunday Times reports that star midfielder Eriksson recovers after CPR in Euro. And in some more news, in Leh, in an attestation parade, 90 well-trained recruits joined Ladakh Scouts Regiment as young soldiers. Fire and Fury Corps Chief of Staff Major General Akash Koshik reviewed the passing out parade. And now, before we end the bulletin, the headlines once again. Prime Minister Narendra Modi calls for global unity to prevent future pandemics, seeks G7 leaders' support for patent waiver on COVID vaccine. G7 leaders launches a new global infrastructure initiative, Build Back Better World B3W, to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative. GST rates on COVID items slashed, exemptions and GST reductions extended till September. India crosses a major landmark of administering more than 25 crore corona vaccine doses. Goa extends COVID curfew till the 21st of this month. IMD downgrades red alert for Mumbai's heavy rain belt moves towards Karnataka. India's weightlifter Mirabai Chanu qualifies for Tokyo Olympics. And in tennis, unseated Barbara Krejcikova wins women's singles title at the French Open. Novak Djokovic to clash with Stefanos Tsitsipas in the men's singles finals today. And with that, we end the morning news. Have a nice day.